Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. This is the Football News and Knowledge Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Bell. We're going to start today's episode off by talking about the CLC Hawks and what's going on with Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, as of late, as we all know by now, has been voicing his concerns with the CLC Hawks and kind of expressing the fact that he does not feel like a player that is gaining enough respect from the Seahawks organization that they are not giving him any control and kind of not listening to things that he feels need need to be changed for them to succeed, which would piss off any player. It, it would upset anyone. If you have an idea on how to improve your company and you went to the boss and brushed it and he and the boss just brushed it off it would upset you it would upset anyone now that that's all in the past with this this is past news everyone knows that he's been voicing his concerns and the CLC Hawks have not been happy with this now the Seahawks have reportedly said that they are not shopping Russell Wilson but teams are calling them on regards of training for Russell Wilson's Russell Wilson but you know if you're not shopping why is there reports that the Seahawks are calling teams now there's been a report that they've been calling certain teams and asking would they be interested in Russell Wilson and i mean there was a ESPN reporter who said it correctly. The, the best way you could say it with how Russell Wilson saying like, oh, I wouldn't, uh, I'm not asking to be traded, but there's these four teams that if I were to get traded, I'd like to go to one of these four teams. And the CSPN reporter pretty much said it perfectly by saying that's almost the equivalent to I'm just going to put it into my perspective. That's almost the equivalent to me saying, hey, I wouldn't cheat on my girlfriend, but if I, w- if I would, I would do it with, you know, this girl, this girl, or this girl. It's like, so you would then. You, you totally would. Russell Wilson does one out. And it, it's pretty evident now. And it seems like he's going to get his wish here. I believe that the CLC Hawks are asking around, seeing what people would give up to get Russell Wilson. And if some team brings them a valuable offer, they will train him because they are not happy with him either. They have voiced their concern about him being so vocal about the subject. And, you know, as weird as it sounds, the organization is going to back the... 70-year-old Pete Carroll instead of their their franchise quarterback, which I don't really understand. You know, Russell Wilson could be in the NFL for 10, 15 more years possibly. Probably not 15, but he could probably be in the league for at least 10, especially with how the league is adjusting and protecting the quarterback more. And... I guess the Seahawks 
are going to side with Pete Carroll and you know say like oh he he can build us a they can he can get us a new top five quarterback and make this work, which that is a hell of a dice roll right there to think that you can get rid of Russell Wilson and you're going to have a new quarterback that's going to succeed anywhere close to where he is at. I, I wouldn't take that bet. I wouldn't take that gamble. But it seems like the Seahawks are doing that. They are content with sticking with Pete Carroll and riding his career out, even though he might only have five more years as a coach, I'd say max. I cannot see him coaching into his 80s just for health concerns of a 80-year-old male. Now, I'm not saying he can't do it. I mean, anything's possible, but I'd be more riding on the back of my franchise quarterback if it was me. And I'm sure... A lot of fans agree with me on that one as well. But with that being said, Russell Wilson does have a no-trade clause. So if he's serious about the only four teams, I don't understand why the Seahawks would be calling other teams besides those four teams or receiving calls from those four teams. And... Asking, like, hey, what would you give up for Russell Wilson? Because I'm sure he's... I, I would bet that he would not leave Seattle if he was maybe put on... But let's say... I'm not going to try and crap on the Texans anymore, so I'm going to choose a different team. Let's say if he was going to the... Let's say if he was going to the Jets, like, would he really want to be there? I mean, he he's already cons- or he's already voiced the fact that he would only play for four teams if he wasn't with Seattle: the Cowboys, the Raiders, the Bears, and the Saints. Now, would he if he really wants out? I think he would say, like, okay, I'm fine with going anywhere. But since he has already stated these four teams, I don't think he's going to be willing to go to any other team. Because why? even if you are miserable with your team, I believe that it would be you'd have an easier life being miserable and having a good record and maybe making it to the playoffs every year compared to being miserable and going to a team that doesn't make the playoffs and is constantly having new head coaches. Um, Not saying that I think that that's going to happen with this year with the Jets. I think they have a great new head coach in Rob Sala. And, but if he's traded to a team that is dysfunctional, highly dysfunctional or something. I, I I think he's going to say, no, I have a no trade clause. You are not training me to that team. Yes, I want out, but I'm not going to go to a worse situation. And 
you know, some people might be saying, oh, he's kind of being a diva right now. He's kind of like trying to, he, he didn't get his way. So he is upset, which folks, you, you know, that he's a franchise quarterback. He's the top five quarterback. He was in the MVP race until like week eight. And when the dysfunction happened with the offense and he was struggling, he went to the coaches and said that he would like to, or that he, he gave voice his opinions and his concerns about the offense and what needed to be changed. And the head coaches pretty much said, yeah, yeah. Okay. Whatever. Just, we'll take care of it. And I understand where he's coming from. Cause that has to suck knowing that your concerns aren't really being heard. But I also get from the Seahawks perspective too. You know, you can't let a single player control your franchise because although he is your franchise player, your number one franchise player, number one player on your team, and has been the reason that they made the playoffs the past couple years, you can't let him dictate your team's entire future. And eventually there would have to be a line drawn in the sand. And would Russ Wilson constantly be trying to jump over it or step over it? Because if that's the case, then the Seahawks would, although the Seahawks are an organization, they'd be pretty much owned by Russell Wilson at that point. So I get where the Seahawks are coming from by not wanting to give them too much power. But there is a middle ground. And this is where both have failed to come together and just find a middle ground. If the Seahawks, you know, maybe gave him a little bit more power, told him, like, and listened to his concerns... He'd probably not won out this year. He even if they, even with the results of the season, he would probably say, "You know what? It's trending upwards. I can work with this." You know, they're they're respecting my opinion. But at the moment, they're not really giving him anything, and the Seahawks, while they don't want to give him too much and then be kind of handicapped and held hostage by what he wants could definitely let loose and like give him a couple things tell Pete Carroll hey you know you might be head coach but this player's gonna be here long after you're gone so you gotta give him a a little bit of a little bit of a, a support system around him. And you got to support him a little bit and his ideas. Because without that middle ground of that happening where Russell Wilson understands that he is a player and the organization has to make decisions and then also the organization has to let Russell Wilson have some say in those decisions. Without that middle ground of them both understanding that there can be no happy marriage. It's going to be very rough and they are going to and poor and bad and get break up uh, per se. 
and you know it, it's almost seeming like Russell Wilson might be on a new team before Deshaun Watson with how everything's going right now. I mean, would anyone be shocked within by next or in two weeks or before the NFL draft, before the NFL draft, if Russell Wilson was on a new team and Deshaun Watson was not? I know I wouldn't be, especially with how uh, the Texans are very dug in on Deshaun Watson at the moment. I would not be shocked about that. If Russell Wilson was playing for the Bears, Cowboys, Raiders, or Saints, I would not be shocked by that one bit. And then Deshaun Watson is still stating that he will not play a single down with the Houston Texans. It It's really... And it's a, it's a shame, because when I think of the Seattle Seahawks, I, as I'm sure many of you do, when I think of the Seattle Seahawks, I think of Russell Wilson and, you know, Richard Sherman and all them from when the the Legion of Boom from back in the back in the 2012 time when they were just dominant. But you definitely think of Russell Wilson. And it, it'll be sad to see that end. I mean, I know a lot of people aren't a fan of Tom Brady, but I'm sure a lot of you can admit that it was kind of sad to see Tom Brady leave the Patriots because you've seen it for so long. You'd think that he would end up retiring with the Patriots. I was sad that he left the Patriots because I could not imagine him being on any other team. And I kind of feel that way with Russ, with Russell Wilson even though Russell Wilson has not been in the league nearly as long as Tom Brady. It's just that he was the face of that organization. And, you know, it, it's sad to see it all unraveling and as though he's going to be on a new team. But we're going to take a break. When we return, we will be talking about the Browns and if they should trade. Odell Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham Jr. in this offseason. Welcome back. This is the Football News and Knowledge Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Bell. Now, on Tuesday, I had teased the possibility of an Odell Beckham Jr. trade this offseason, which raised the question... What teams would best fit, would he best fit in, and what teams would be willing to take on his contract that he has with the Cleveland Browns? His current contract for this year, he would roughly have a cap hit of around $16 million. I believe it's $15 mil- Actually, I can confirm that is $15,750,000. And... The question is, what teams would be fit and are in need of his service? And I've limited it down to about six teams. One that I'm going to start off with saying I cannot really see at the moment trading for him, and that is the Green Bay Packers. 
only because the Packers are in a hard cap situation already. They're $11 million over the cap right now, the projected cap, which, you know, they could trade some players, which would help with their cap space uh, to the Browns, but chances are I don't see them doing that while they're trying to make a push to make it to that next level and go to the Super Bowl. So, while while I believe that OBJ would fit very well in the Packers system, I do not believe that they will trade for him just because of their cap situation. But, the other five teams are... Now, the first one I'm going to start... Or the second one I'm going to start or talk about is just a maybe also because they aren't in the best cap situation and that's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, I believe that if Odell Beckham Jr. did want to go to the Buccaneers and would be traded there, I believe they would probably have something set up prior to that deal that he would take less money to come in and play with Tom Brady because, you know, Tom Brady doesn't want players on his team that don't want to win championships. And if OBJ wants to come in and help Tom Brady to go to possibly get his eighth ring, I'm sure he'd be fine and okay with taking a little less money to help achieve that goal. But even then... The Buccaneers do have players that they would like to resign. So at the moment, I don't believe that is that that would be probably team number five, the high, the fifth team that could possibly trade for him. At number four is the Washington football team. Washington has at the moment around $40 million in cap space, so they would have the space for him. And he would complement any quarterback that ends up being on that team. You know, they already have Terry McLaurin. They have Logan Thomas, who I believe is going to be a star tight end next year. They have Antonio Gibson, who was an amazing running back in his rookie season will look to build off of that in his sophomore season. So the pieces are there. And then he'd be joining a team that already has a like a top five defense that's led by Chase Young. So Washington, I would say, is a very good consideration. But again, would he really say that he's going to play for them yes Washington can trade for him because he does have a no or he doesn't have a no trade clause in his contract but it also depends will he say I'm not playing for this team no you got Washington's gonna have to trade me now that's that's the whole question with any player they can just say I'm not playing for this team they can pull a John Elway and say that they aren't going to play for a team. Just like I said, John Elway did that with the Colts when he got drafted, which 
I know that's a different circumstance, but OBJ is a very highly touted player, very well-known player, and while I think it would be foolish of him not to want to play with Washington, because I think it would be set up really well for him to excel in that system, it's always a possibility, and that's why they're, that he would reject it just because he's not sure who the quarterback's going to be. So they are in at number four. And number three for me would be the New England Patriots. The Patriots have a have a cap space of $66,500,000 this year. So they can definitely afford to take on his full contract, but... Same issue with Washington. Who's that quarterback? Who's the quarterback going to be of the team? If it's Jared Stidham, I don't think he wants to play for that team. Now, if they bring back Cam Newton, I think he'd be inclined to go and play with the Patriots. You know, he he's friends with Cam. He likes Cam. I think he would be totally fine going there. And the Patriots have a culture of winning. And going to Super Bowls. Granted with Tom Brady not being there. And this last year Tom Brady going to another Super Bowl. A lot of people may say. Oh it was all Tom Brady. Which. It wasn't all Tom Brady. With the Patriots. Bill Belichick. Created some great defenses. Put some great teams around Brady. It was pretty much 50-50. In my opinion. And at times, I would actually say it was 75-25 Belichick because Belichick did put amazing teams, amazing talent around Brady. So, and yes, the past two years, they haven't been good because with any great team, there's always the rise, the peak, and then there's the fall. And... You know, the past two years, the Patriots have fallen. But they're going to rise back up again. As long as Bill Belichick's there, they have a chance to be good. Because he knows how to assemble good teams. And if he's able to get Odell Beckham Jr. And a competent quarterback, even if Cam Cam Newton comes back, because Cam Newton is competent, he just had no one to throw the ball to. I believe that Odell Beckham Jr. believes that he could help that team and maybe make them make some runs for some Super Bowl titles. But you also got to look at that division. They're going to be playing up against the Bills, who are a very good team, who are going to be Super Bowl contenders for the next couple years. So it that's another thing that he'll have to consider, and that is why... They come in at number three. At number two, I'm going with the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers, at the current moment, would be able to take on his contract, but that wouldn't tell them not to re-sign any of their free agents, which I know that they want to re-sign Trent Williams and other players, So they would have to do something about that to clear up some cap space, whether that be releasing players or restructuring contracts. But 
If he was, I mean, imagine Odell Beckham Jr. in a Kyle Shanahan system with Brandon Ayuk, with George Kittle, with, I'm, I'm blanking on his name, the, the other wide receiver there, Debo Samuel. Imagine the amount of firepower that would be going on in that offense. I'm telling you right now, whether the quarterback be Jimmy Garoppolo or even, say, Brian Hoyer, that offense would look explosive. That would be definitely a top-tier offense. You know... Odell Beckham Jr., Odell Beckham Jr., Debo Samuel, and Brandon Ayuk, and then you have to worry about George Kittle as well. All guys that can stretch the field and go 80 yards on any given play if they want to, it would make for one scary offense. Now, he would be going into a division that has, at the current moment, Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, which, like I said earlier, I could see Russell Wilson being out there before the NFL draft. They have the LA Rams, who look very, very competent. And they have the Arizona Cardinals, who I personally will not be all that this next year. I can say right now, I don't think they'll probably make the playoffs. But there's still a team that can win games and can put up the numbers to upset some good teams. So would he want to go and play with San Francisco for that reason? And I'm not going to say that he's not a competitor because he definitely is. He wants to compete. He wants to face the best competition and everything. But I don't believe that at the moment with their current salary cap situation, because they have $23 million in their salary cap at the moment. If I'm, if I'm being correct here, let me just check. And yes, they have $23,500,000. So... It would leave them with a little meat on the bone, but not enough to re-sign Trent Williams and also other key contributors and depth players, which would really cause a concern. Does he want to go to a very tough division where it already seems as though the LA Rams are going to be winning that division based on all the dysfunction that's going on with Seattle. And then also, you know, San Francisco's not 100% set on Jimmy Garoppolo at the moment. So it, I don't believe that he would like, it it wouldn't be by any means like, uh, Oh no, I never want to go there. I think he'd be okay with going there, but the quarterback situation would be concerning especially if he does not believe in Jimmy Garoppolo but that's really 
we, we'd have to hear that from him. And then at number one, for the team that I believe should definitely pursue Odell Beckham Jr., it is, drumroll please, the Indianapolis Colts. Now, the reason why I believe it makes sense for both sides is because he'd instantly be the number one receiver. He would get the targets he wants. He would be paired with a quarterback that I believe will be a top five or fringe top five quarterback this year in Carson Wentz, as long as he stays healthy. They were in the playoffs last year, and I think that they will make it back to the playoffs again this year. Now, their cap situation is they have $44 million in cap or on that they can spend this year. So, I believe that it would make sense for the Colts because they have a need at wide receiver. You know, they really only have Pittman at the moment, uh, who looks to be a promising young wide receiver, but I don't think will ever fulfill out to be a top-tier number one that OBJ can be. But then again, if he does become a top-tier or a very good number one receiver or a very high-end number two, Michael Pittman, it'll just be even better for the Colts. I mean... Michael Pittman last year had played in 13 games. He started eight of them, and he had 503 yards, which is very solid numbers. Very solid. Only had one touchdown, but it is your rookie season. And, you know, I know this is going to sound a little crazy, but touchdowns aren't everything. Julio Jones does not score a lot of touchdowns. And I'm sure that any any fan, any team would have loved to have Julio Jones on their team during any point in his career. So, and I'm sure that some teams still want him on their team. So, Michael Pittman could end up being a number one. I don't see it. I see him more being a high-end number two. And then OBJ steps in. He's the high-end number one with a very good Michael Pittman Jr. Followed by, you know, their star running back. A quarterback who I believe will be a top five quarterback or fringe top five. I mean, it just makes sense. They have a great defense. They have all the cap space in the world. They can go. They can trade for him. They can sign free agents. The Colts could be making a run at the Super Bowl this year, and no one should doubt them. I know that a lot of people don't like Carson Wentz, but you got to remember, even without Carson Wentz, they're still a great football team. And I believe that no matter who is at quarterback, that they will probably end up making the playoffs. So, I mean, just 
just the talent on offense. They have a top three offensive line. So Carson Wentz is definitely going to have time in the pocket to throw that ball to OBJ. They're going to have Jonathan Taylor coming out of the backfield. They're also going to have Naheem Hines, most likely, unless they trade him or cut him, who will be coming out of the backfield. And then Michael Pittman Jr. That is just a very good setup for success. Add to the fact that they have a a top 10 defense. It, it just makes sense. They go out and sign a tight end, like a high-end tight end, or draft a good tight end to pair that with, perhaps. And you're looking at one of the most underrated, dangerous offenses heading into next year. Because, like I said, for all those people who want to doubt Carson Wentz, you got to think about what Carson Wentz has had over these past couple of years. He hasn't had no one at wide receiver. And, yes, I know certain people are saying, oh, he had Deshaun Watson and Alshon Jeffrey. Let me ask you something. When, when's the last time they lit up the stat sheets? When's the last time you said, oh, yeah, I need to go make sure that I'm starting Deshaun Watson on my fantasy football team? Or all Sean Jeffrey. I gotta make sure he's on the fantasy football team. Never. Now, imagine if they bring back T.Y. Hilton added to that. Which, do I think they will? Probably not, just because of his age and production. I mean, there, there will be a decline. But if OBJ goes there and they bring back T.Y. Hilton... Oh my God, that offense is going to be so dynamic, so scary. And everyone will be sleeping on it because of their quarterback. And a lot of people are going to wake up, I'd say, probably right away, week one, and think, holy crap, why did we ever doubt this offense? And that's why I think that it would make sense for the Colts to go after Odell Beckham Jr. And Odell Beckham Jr. to want to go to the Colts. And that's only if he's traded. If I'm personally Odell Beckham Jr., I'm wanting to ride it out with the Browns. Because he will be a very good player in that or on that team. He will not get all the targets he wants, though. Which, with the Colts, he will get. Because he is going to be instantly their number one receiver. But the Browns are a very good team. I think they'll be a team that's constantly in the run for the AFC North division champions. Uh, and, you know, if if I had to get trade any team and I was Odell Beckham Jr., I want to go to I want to go to the Colts. Just sets you up for so much success. You know, you have Frank Reich who has done a phenomenal job as a coach and you know, he took Philip Rivers 
who was throwing a lot of interceptions his final year in San Diego and turned him into a very solid starting quarterback who was able to get him, who, who helped get the Colts to the playoffs. And now I believe you have an upgrade at quarterback in Carson Wentz. So, if I'm Odell Beckham Jr., I'm wanting to stay in Cleveland. But if I get traded, I would not be upset about getting traded to the Colts. So that sums up his top five, or top six, if you consider the Packers also in there. Top six landing spots for Odell Beckham Jr. Now, when we return, we will be talking about top five quarterbacks in this year's draft class and why people should take notice to Chris Sims' big quarterback draft board. Welcome back. This is the Football News and Knowledge Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Bell. On Wednesday, Chris Sims released his top five quarterbacks of this year's NFL draft, and it shocked a lot of people. Chris had, this is not a typo, at number one, the number one quarterback in this year's draft as Zach Wilson. Number two being Trevor Lawrence. Three being Mac Jones. Four being Kellen Mond. Five, Justin Fields. And then six as Trey Lance. Now, the reason why people should take his projections serious is because in the past years, he has been pretty spot on with all of his projections. I know that in 2017, he did not do a projection, but he was high, very high on Patrick Mahomes and very high on Deshaun Watson. In 2018, his top five quarterbacks were Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, and then Josh Rosen. Thus far, some may argue that Lamar Jackson is better than Josh Allen. I think he would even agree that Josh Allen is better than Lamar Jackson right now. But all the rest of it would probably stay the same. It, I think if he had to remake that, he would say Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Baker, Sam Darnold, and then Josh Rosen. 2019, he chose Kyler Murray as his number one, Drew Locke as his two, Dwayne Haskins as the three, Ryan Finley as the four, Jared Stinham as the five, Daniel Jones at the si- as the sixth, Clayton Thorson as the seventh, and Will Greer as the eighth. Now, this class has not succeeded the way that some thought it may have, but, and some are probably saying Daniel Jones is better than Drew Locke, but if Drew Locke is healthy, Drew Locke is a very competent quarterback, and I would argue is just as capable as 
Daniel Jones. So while J Daniel Jones is low, and I think that he would even admit that Dwayne Haskins at the current moment is a little high, for all we know, Dwayne Haskins could end up being the future of the Pittsburgh Steelers. But that's something that we'll just have to wait and see. And then 2020. 2020, he had as his top four quarterbacks, Joe Burrow at number one, Justin Herbert at number two, Jordan Love at number three, and then Tua Tagovailoa at number four. So, at this moment, I'd say he's pretty right about uh, 2020, minus the Tua thing. We, we don't know where uh, Jordan Love's at. Uh, I believe he was a third string last year in Green Bay. So, he, at the moment, is not looking like he's going to amount to anything. But we never know. We won't know until a couple of years from now. But the way the Dolphins are kind of acting with Tua, you know, looks like he was smart to keep Tua at the bottom. And then this year. Now, everyone wants to say that, oh, Zach Wilson wasn't competing against top-tier talent like Trevor Lawrence, who plays in the SEC. Well, folks, it's not like the SEC was dominant this year. It's not like they were the, the best thing you've ever seen in college football history. A lot of players opted out this year because of COVID-19. Something you need to consider with that. Now, I'm not saying by any means that he's going to be a bust because I don't think that. I think he's going to be a very good NFL quarterback. But And I think that, you know, Chris Sims, it's not like Chris Sims gets everything right. But over the years, he has been pretty accurate. I mean, he played quarterback himself. He knows how to evaluate quarterbacks. And... You know, I think personally, I would have Justin Fields a little higher uh, than fifth. But, you know, that I'm not going to argue with a, a man who's been very accurate with his projections over the past couple of years. You know, it, I would say that if I had to turn to a person and say, hey, what do you think about my quarterback of my franchise? I would trust him over most of these GMs and like scouts because while they might be the professionals, a lot of these scouts and have never played football. They or they only never played it at like a high level. Chris Sims has played in the NFL. He knows what he's talking about on regards of quarterbacks. So, while I think that certain things could change, I think, and that Justin Fields should be higher, I'm not going to argue with the man. He's been very accurate. And if you were a fan of a team and that's picking him 
picking in the top 10 and you've been saying, let's go get Justin Fields or let's make a run at, you know, one of these quarterbacks, maybe check out to make sure that Chris Sims okay is that quarterback. Because, I mean, for all we know, all these quarterbacks could succeed. Chances are that won't happen. But I kind of agree with them. Zach Wilson looks like a very talented quarterback. And as a Falcons fan who is, and the Falcons are picking in the top five this year, I would love it if the Falcons took Zach Wilson. That's not a knock on Matt Ryan either, because I think Matt Ryan's a very phenomenal quarterback. But if I'm, you know, the Houston Texans, and I'm going to have to trade Deshaun Watson, why not, you know, try to trade into the top five? And maybe draft, because if, if uh, Zach Wilson's there, I would definitely trade to whatever pick you have to, whether it be the fourth pick, the third, second. I would I would go after him. Now, the question arises: Are the Jets in play at quarterback? They say that they are going to be kind of sticking with Sam Darnold, but let's be honest here. If you find a better player, you're going to take it. And, I mean, if... We know that Cincinnati is not going to be taking a quarterback. They have Joe Burrow. If Zach Wilson... Or Trevor Lawrence maybe drops down to five. I'm definitely trading up if I'm the Houston Texans. I'm trying to get there. Now, they won't be able to get there with Cincinnati. Let's take a look at Atlanta. I think Atlanta would trade away Matt Ryan for Deshaun Watson and their fourth overall pick and maybe a couple other picks or whatever. I think they would do that. And then you have Matt Ryan. But then you also draft maybe Zach Wilson or Trevor Lawrence. I would do that. Or, or, you try and get back to the position where you should have been drafting this year. And trade with Miami. Give Deshaun Watson to Miami. Assuming they still want Deshaun Watson. And go and draft at number three and get possibly Zach Wilson or Trevor Lawrence. Because yes, it would look bad that you had to give up your franchise quarterback to get to the exact spot you should have been drafting at. But at the same time, no one's going to complain about it. If you draft Zach Wilson or Trevor Lawrence and they turn out to be top five or fringe top five quarterbacks within a couple years. Not to mention, I've a lot of fans, like I've said, are siding with Deshaun Watson. They believe 
he should be allowed to get out of town because they want what's best for him as well. Now, at the moment, is Miami maybe thinking, hey, you know, we're not really sure on Tua. Maybe they stay and say, no, we aren't interested in Deshaun Watson anymore. We're not interested in him at that cap number. We're going to go draft Zach Wilson or Trevor Lawrence if he drops. Now, there is still one team that they'd have to wait on, and that would be the Jets. And quite frankly, I think the Jets should jump on whatever quarterback's there. Because I think whoever you draft is going to be an upgrade over Sam Darnold. Not to mention, they would the the regime, the new regime will is probably not set on Sam Darnold. They probably are thinking, yeah, Sam's a good quarterback, but would you do they want to put their career on Sam Darnold working out? Because it's going to be hard to tell the organization that, yeah, we're, we we want to ride with Sam. We agree with you. We will ride it out with Sam Darnold. And then you pass on potentially Zach Wilson or Trevor Lawrence. And Sam Darnold doesn't turn out and pan out the way you thought it would. And then in two years, you're on the market looking for a new coaching position and Zach Wilson or Trevor Lawrence are lighting up the NFL. So I think the Jets are in a pretty solid position because I think either way they're going to get a pretty phenomenal quarterback if they decide to draft quarterback. Um, Either way, they still have to protect that quarterback. They do need help at the O-line. So maybe they say do the Jetsy thing and say, eh, we're going to pass this on this franchise quarterback and we're going to take the offensive lineman, which then would put Miami right in a perfect spot. And for those people who are saying, oh, they won't draft another quarterback, they just did that last year in the top 10. Well, Josh Rosen was a first-round pick. And the Cardinals went, turned back around and went and drafted Kyler Murray the very next year. And I think more teams are feeling like, you know, it's okay for us to move on from a quarterback even though we just drafted them this past year. Because it's rather, it's better to admit your mistake and move on and try to grow and build off of something new than to try and, you know, take a mistake and try and fix it and try and put pieces around it. Because if someone's not working in a system, if someone's not working in a group, we all remember this from high school. If you worked in a group and there was one person who wasn't carrying their weight, it made it harder on everyone else. And at times, it made everyone upset. So, the Dolphins might say, Tua, 
thank you for this one year. We will still be having you on this team, or they might trade him. Uh, they could probably get some trade capital back for him. But we're going to go draft Zach Wilson or Trevor Lawrence. And you, if, if he ends up staying with the Dolphins, then you're in a win-win situation. Actually, you kind of not when I think about it. it it's a win-win situation only if Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson ends up succeeding to Otonga Vailoa. Because Tua, if, if Tua beats out one of them, actually, no, it, it is almost a win-win situation. Because if Tua beats out Trevor or Zach and plays very well this year, then they go and trade Zach Wilson or Trevor Lawrence, and they could maybe demand a first-round pick in next year's draft. So it's almost like a delayed first-round draft pick. Otherwise, you go and get what you can for that player that you drafted and move on. Or maybe Zach Wilson or Trevor Lawrence plays better than Tua Tagovailoa. And then you are in a good situation because you admitted your mistake. And you moved on from that mistake. And now your team is excelling with your new quarterback. It's just something to think about for these teams. Um, and that's that's pretty much that, to be honest. Uh, when we return, we will be finishing up this episode by talking a little bit about what we can expect in this next or in this year's free agency class. Welcome back. This is the Football News and Knowledge Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Bell. Now, what we can expect in this year's free agency class is something that we have not seen in a very long time, possibly ever, and it's because it is very well anticipated and believed that in the next couple weeks, there will be a, a very large amount of well-known players and even some high-end players who will end up being cut and be on the free agency market. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to make for one of the most interesting years of free agency ever. You know, we might see players like Von Miller cut, which, yeah, he, he got injured last year. And at the moment, it appears that the Broncos want to bring him back. But, you know, he, he could be cut. There's We're going to see a lot of known players from teams that we love and have talked about these players and had these players on our fantasy teams who are going to end up either changing teams or be out of the league altogether. And 
while it sucks to think about that we could maybe see we may have seen the final games or snaps or plays or whatever of some of our favorite players who are less known it is also very interesting to see what teams are going to be built from this free agency market because it there's one NFL insider that has said that he believes it's going to be a massacre of cuts heading into these next couple weeks and it will make everything very interesting i mean there could be potentially super teams made just like how the buccaneers and the chiefs did it last year especially when you think about teams like the colts which i mentioned earlier who potentially could go after odell beckham jr imagine all these cuts and they'll make some cuts too but imagine if these players go to the Colts, for instance, who are already a very good team, and sign with them. And now the Colts are a super team. Or maybe Tom Brady convinces a lot of these players to come on to the Buccaneers on a one-year deal and play with him and make a run to the Super Bowl. I mean, if I'm looking at all the quarterbacks in the NFL – and they're all convincing me and say I'm a top free agent uh, player. And they're all saying, hey, you should come here. We have a chance to win a Super Bowl this year. I'm looking at every quarterback. I'm like, okay, yeah, maybe with you. Yeah, Mahomes, I could probably win one with you. Maybe, maybe this year if I sign for a couple of years, I can maybe get one or two. Oh, Tom Brady, you want me to come there for like a lot less? Wait, how many people have we also signed? Oh my god. Yeah, I, I'm going to go to the Buccaneers for like a one-year uh, veteran minimum, get my ring, and then I'll go to a different team next year. Which, there's certain teams, or certain players that are definitely going to be thinking like that. Because high veteran, or high-age veteran players who still have stuff left in the tank who don't have a ring yet are still very hungry. And that's what Tom Brady looks for are hungry players who are, who can help the team win a Super Bowl, And he wants them on his team. And it's going to be very interesting because there could be a couple super teams heading into the regular season. I mean, the Colts being one, the Buccaneers, the Chiefs, the Chargers, I mean, I could even see the Cowboys being a potential super team. I could see the Browns becoming a super team. I mean, these there's a potential for a lot of these teams to create the most craziest, like, you went into the game Madden and went into Ultimate Team and just signed or got random players that are very good. There's going to be like Madden Ultimate Team players or Madden Ultimate Team teams heading into this next season. The potential for that is so high because 
of certain teams who are already very good, who have great salary cap situations. I mean, like I said, if pretty much Tom Brady, I, I know I keep using Tom Brady as the, the example, but it's the perfect example. Leonard Fournette came to the Buccaneers and took less. A lot of these players who go and play with Tom Brady take less, and it's because he's not demanding the most out of uh, out of a contract that he could get. He could be getting so much more at his position, but he takes less, and it's hard to justify to the general manager, like, oh, I'm worth this much, I deserve this much. Well, Tom Brady has now seven rings and has been to ten Super Bowls, and He's not taking the most. Why should you? And for a lot of players, they'll think of that like, yeah, you know what? I want to go get a ring. And Tom Brady can get me there. Uh, when he started at least two games in a season, he's gone 10 for 19 for making it to the Super Bowl. So, you know, there's the potential for him to get there for the 11th time in his career. And... You know, people are going to be thinking about that with Patrick Mahomes as well. And with Justin Herbert, who has played very well his in his first season. And will look to build on that. And they already have a pretty solid team around him. It's just something to think about. Because there will be a lot of players that you did not think would get cut. That you could not imagine, like you, you're probably thinking about some players right now on your team, and saying, "Oh, well, that person's never gonna get cut." They might, they really might. In all the years, to think that that's not possible, this is not the year to think that, because unless you're Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers. I mean, even Aaron Rodgers could get traded, but, like, I doubt that would happen. But it it could potentially happen. But if you're Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, you know, I, I can't even really think of any other quarterbacks. Justin Herbert, you, you aren't getting traded. I would even say Kyler Murray could get possibly traded. Like, if I'm the Cardinals, like, I'm not saying that I would be shopping around for a better quarterback, but if the Texans came to me and said, hey, we'll give you Deshaun Watson if you give us uh, Kyler Murray, I would take that deal. Nothing against Kyler Murray, but Deshaun Watson is just the uh, a better quarterback at this moment, and he's still growing as a quarterback. And, I mean, then, then we could just call... The Cardinals, the Houston Cardinals, because, I mean, <laughs> there's training for all the Cardinals star players. Next thing we know, the Cardinals will also sell, sign Bill O'Brien to be an executive. But uh, that's beside the point. Um, there's going to be a lot of movement in the next couple of weeks. And for everyone listening out there, you got to expect it. Uh but that about wraps everything up for this episode. I hope you guys have a great weekend. Uh, stay safe. If you drink, don't drive. 
and we'll see you again next week on Tuesday. Please leave a five-star rating. And if you leave a question on your review, on your iTunes review, we will read it and answer your question. Like I said, though, I hope you guys have a great weekend. If you drink, do not drive. Stay safe and have a great weekend. See you on Tuesday.